0: What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor?
1: Someone who's aligned with your biblical values. How about someone who will take the time to explain your options? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit faithfi.com and click Find a CKA.
2: The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Proverbs 20, verse 5. I am Rob West. Man's ultimate purpose is to glorify God, but deciding how we do that can be a challenge. Sometimes we need help from a trusted advisor. I'll talk about that today with Rachel McDonough, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, Biblical Wisdom for Your Financial Decisions. Well, it's always a pleasure to have Rachel McDonough back with us. She's a certified financial planner and a certified kingdom advisor, and lately she's been deep in thought about Proverbs 20, verse 5, and how it relates to fulfilling our purpose in life with our financial decisions. Rachel, great to have you back with us.
1: Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here.
2: Yeah, Rachel, I think all believers would like to honor God with the way they use the resources entrusted to them. But perhaps sometimes it's difficult to find the right path for that. Would you agree with that idea?
1: I would. And I would say, too, our culture really makes it difficult and puts some headwinds of opposition in our path uh, there's so much in our culture that that makes us think it's all about us right Yeah. we we come to the financial planning process and we think okay what are my financial goals in fact as a financial advisor early on in my career i was trained to ask people what are their financial goals so we get this um this notion that maybe we should dream up or or conjure up some specific goals to have and that somehow that that that's the pathway to meaning and purpose and success in life. But inadvertently, what can happen is that if we start with just trying to decide what our goals should be, it's almost like ready, fire, aim, Mm. right? We're starting with, what am I shooting at? What am I targeting? But we aren't taking the time necessarily to back up a step and think through a more biblical framework for how those financial goals should be derived,
2: Mm. That's such a big idea, Rachel, and a critical one, I think, for the believer. You know, you and I recently were at a conference together, and I remember something that one of the speakers said, Paul David Tripp. He said, the thing that is your treasure will control your heart. And what controls mm. your heart will control your words, your behaviors, your choices, and your decisions. The challenge is if we start with a financial product or even a goal, we're not starting with our heart, our values and priorities right. as believers. And then how can we expect to get to the right outcomes? Isn't that right?
1: That's exactly right. I think so many times people come to the financial planning process and they, they feel like there's this burden of expectation on them to already know what their financial goals are supposed to be. It's almost like if you show up and your financial advisor asks you, what are your financial goals? And you say, I'm not sure (laughs) that somehow you're failing. And there's almost this anxiety tied to that experience. I don't know if any of our listeners can relate to that, but I want to encourage us to approach the financial planning process rather than saying, ready, fire, aim. Let's take a step back and get our foundation laid through understanding our values, our priorities, and then choosing some specific financial goals that are really the right target for us to be aiming towards.
2: Mm, That's right. And Rachel, having someone on the outside asking the right questions really can be critical to this process, right?
1: It can. Oftentimes we operate with a certain set of assumptions And if we don't have anyone ever challenge those assumptions, uh, we can end up a little off course and changing the trajectory of our financial lives over time. So let me just give you an example from an actual client that I was privileged to counsel a few months ago through the financial planning process. Uh, They came looking for a certified kingdom advisor because they wanted a biblical approach. And uh, when we did the values exercise, we learned, among other things, The wife really valued respect and security. The husband, two of his core values were empathy and loyalty. Mm. So we see right away, there's a very loving and respectful dynamic between the husband and wife. And they came with a particular financial goal in mind of being able to build a cabin on a parcel of land. And another financial goal of being able to refinish part of their house. Hmm. But as we walked through the priorities and the values process, we learned, oh, maybe it's actually a different season that those are for and there's a better financial goal for this season.
2: Oh, that's powerful. We're talking today with Rachel McDonough, Certified Financial Planner and Certified Kingdom Advisor about the role of values in our financial decision making and goals. Much more to come just around the corner. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: What if buying groceries, gas, or dining out could help change lives? With Christian Community Credit Unions, cards that give to missions, you can help spread the gospel, combat human trafficking, and protect vulnerable children with every purchase at no cost to you. Apply for your card today. More information is available at joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. The Credit Union is an underwriter of this ministry. Membership eligibility required. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real world change. More information is available at praxismutualfunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at praxismutualfunds.com. Investments involve risk, principal loss is possible. Foresight Fund Services, LLC.
2: Thanks for joining us on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Joining me today, Rachel McDonough, my good friend, certified kingdom advisor and certified financial planner. We're talking about, well, Proverbs 20, verse 5. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. How do your values and priorities as a believer inform your financial decisions and goals? And do your values inform them? And if not, perhaps it's a time to back up and really explore your values and allow your money management to be a reflection of what's most important to you as a Christ follower. Well, uh, Rachel McDonough, as a certified kingdom advisor, is really unpacking what that can look like today. And Rachel, before the break, you were sharing an example, uh, a couple that came in with the particular financial goal in mind, I suspect as an advisor, you have folks coming in all the time with that approach. And yet during the course of the planning, things changed a bit. Tell us more.
1: Yeah, they came in hoping to build a cabin and hoping to refinish part of their home. But what we learned here, some of the financial circumstances where the wife was coming into a large inheritance from her parents. And so they really had an additional amount of resources to make some different choices with. But what I learned as I talked with them about their lifestyle and kind of uncovered some of their pain points, she was in a highly, highly stressful job, like started Mm -hmm. crying during the financial planning discussion because of the trauma that she was experiencing on a daily basis through her stressful work. And her husband, as I mentioned, one of his values is loyalty and family. And so he's watching his wife suffer and it's very uncomfortable for him as well. And by just tweaking the what-if scenarios in the financial plan, we were able to model out a new scenario for them that they had not really considered before, where the wife would be able to move down to a part-time position or even just earn considerably less doing a different type of work that would allow her to feel respected and secure in her work environment again. And, and really, that is a much higher priority for them in this season than building a cabin. Right. Mm,
2: absolutely, uh, Rachel. I'm curious, what did that process look like to uncover those values that then really became key in the planning process?
1: We have a values discovery tool that we use with clients, and it just gets them out of the financial mindset and thinks more. Helps them to think more broadly about their main values, their core values in life in general. And then from there, we can distill some specific financial priorities and then some unique and individual goals for that season.
2: Yeah. Uh, Rachel, we talk a lot on this program about the Certified Kingdom Advisor designation, these men and women who've met high standards and character and competence, but have also been trained to bring a biblical worldview to their professional financial advice. How can a CKA really be key in this process?
1: Well, a CKA is going to have a unique mindset because what the world tells us is that it's all about us, right? Yeah. Uh, there was a financial institution that had this dream process that they trademarked where they would help clients think about what, what were their dreams for the future. Well, dreaming is good when we're dreaming with God, but yeah. if we're just dreaming up things for us to pursue, those can really become idols that we end up serving over time Rather than the inspired dreams that God has for us are Ephesians 2.10, the good works that he planned in advance for us to do. So having a like-minded advisor to walk with you prayerfully through the discovery process of your values, your priorities, and the specific goals for this season as they align with God's purpose for your life is really a unique value.
2: That's really helpful. Uh, Rachel, can you give us some examples of the sort of questions that uh, someone might hear from a certified kingdom advisor who's uh, really attempting to draw out the purposes of the client's heart?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things that we like to ask clients is, you know, what do you think the Lord would have you pursue? Like, what do you think God's goals for you are in this season? Another one we might ask is, at this season of life— do you need more income or more impact? Hmm. And just helping clients differentiate, because if they've been in a season where they really needed to prioritize providing for their families and uh, pursuing career goals, and now they're in a season of life where they have the opportunity and the capacity to pursue impact, we want to help them shift graciously into that new season of life and pursue all that God has made available for them.
2: Yeah, that's really helpful. You know, Rachel, I've answered, as you have, hundreds and hundreds, I I guess on the radio here, thousands of questions from people about money and counseled with lots and lots of families. And my experience is, no matter the income level, people have guilt, shame, and regret about money. And those that are most free from the emotional byproducts of financial decision-making have really asked and answered the questions, who owns it and how much is enough, And I think as we begin to process God's ownership and our role as a steward and then really the enough question, both for our lifestyle and our accumulation, it does completely change everything about how we approach our finances. And then if we put the values at the center of that for our personal goals as a reflection of that, it really changes the conversation. That biblical worldview of money management is completely different than what you will hear in the world and what you'll probably get from your typical advisor, right?
1: That's right. Hopefully the CKA is an advisor who is uniquely equipped to co-labor with God to draw out the Lord's purposes for that individual's life and not just help them to chase after things that the world tells them that they need.
2: Yeah. And so then if we go back to the client scenario you mentioned, Rachel, how can we then translate this newfound purpose that you've uncovered in the discovery process into real financial strategies and recommendations that are very practical?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because it has to be specific, right? Um, What we decided to do with this client, the recommendations came out, and they're still wrestling through this. I don't want you to get the impression that clients instantaneously see, oh, this must be what God's plan is for my life, right? We wrestle through things and we pray over them. But the wife, we had her um, set up with a scenario where she was able to earn about half of her previous earnings. The husband, who had retired a bit early because he was in the same stressful line of work, he decided to go actually back into the workforce again to give some relief to his wife and and take some of the earning pressure off of her. And then as those inherited assets began to come in, they were able to uh, have the option, if they wanted to fully retire, they would have the option to cover their health insurance costs uh, before reaching age 65 when Medicare would kick in. And then they also had the option to Not get rid of the cabin goal, but just postpone it a bit until some of the more immediate priorities were addressed. Mm. And then we left that cabin goal in the financial plan as something that would transpire in a future season if they still agreed that it was important down the road once things were settled at home.
2: That's really great. Just about 45 seconds remaining, Rachel. So I know you've done this process over and over again with clients. Talk about the fruit. What's the result that comes as you watch clients live out their purpose and their passions and their values in the financial decisions they're making?
1: I will say for clients who are willing to operate out of surrender and really desire to choose what do I believe God's will is and God's purposes for my life and for my finances, The number one fruit that I experience is actually freedom from regret. And then you also see the fruit of the spirit, the peace Mm. and the joy and the connectedness with one another, the love that can come from operating out of that sense of wholeness.
2: Wow, that's powerful. Rachel, really appreciate your insights. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. That's Rachel McDonough, certified financial planner and certified kingdom advisor. If you'd like to find a CKA in your area, just go to faithfi.com and click find a CKA. We'll be right back. Stick around. If you enjoy this radio program, you're going to love all of the many different resources waiting for you at faithfi.com and the FaithFi app. You'll find powerful wisdom. Free podcasts, articles, videos, and more from leading voices such as Randy Alcorn, Howard Dayton, Ron Blue, and our own Rob West. Grow in wisdom and knowledge by connecting with a community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful stewards at FaithFi.com or by downloading the FaithFi app.
0: Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in
2: healthcare. What do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing ministry that's been sharing members eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. And uh, here's the website. CHministries.org. C A C H ministries.org. You know, this idea that everything we have comes from God is really foundational to managing money according to a biblical worldview. We have to start with the idea that God owns it all. If we're ever going to put ourselves and money in their proper roles, uh, that really changes everything. Because now every spending decision becomes a spiritual decision. We're great. We're glad to have you today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We've got a few lines open taking your calls and questions. 800 525 7000. Let's head to Coeur Lane. Hey, Ethan. How can I help you, sir?
3: Well, hi. How's it going? I'm um, glad I found your guys', uh, your guys' station today. It's been real awesome to be able to listen and hear about you know, some other people's beliefs and. Their financial situations. Um, I've got myself in a particular situation that I kind of think about often as my belief in love has always grown and gets stronger each day. But as I've gotten older, I've also noticed that I am starting to worry about my finances and my head kind of thinks towards the future. And I want to make sure that even though I know that I can grow and I can grow my income, I also want to make sure that I'm continuing my growth in space and making sure that I am on the right path.
2: Well, I love that idea. How old are you, Ethan, if you don't mind me asking? So I'm 20 years old. Okay. When you think about your finances, is it fear related to worry? Like you're beginning to ask yourself, what if, and you're worrying about the risk of loss or what is it that you're struggling with?
3: So I say I was struggling with just kind of looking into the future and being, will I have enough and is what I'm doing enough?
2: Yeah. Yeah well uh, it's it's a great thought and I love that you're already thinking about handling money and how that's going to affect your walk with the Lord because we know that money issues are heart issues remember Jesus said your heart follows your money where your treasure is there your heart will be also we also know that you know the way we handle money is one of the ways that we work out our faith you know my experience Ethan is that your financial journey is one of the key ways God shapes your spiritual journey because it's that tangible daily demonstration of not only what what I value, because I place my money toward the things that I value, but also where I place my trust. Am I, you know, too focused on the things of this world and building temporal wealth, or am I just saving as a wise steward with prudence, but I'm still ultimately placing our, my trust in God? And we always have to be on our guard about that, because clearly part of the cultural worldview of money is going to promote this idea of materialism, that you should spend everything you receive, and that you're to be Discontent—that's the purpose of marketing—is to create discontentment in your heart, so you respond with a purchase. It, uh, the cultural worldview will attach your self-worth to your net worth. How do we overcome that? Well, we overcome that with a biblical worldview, which allows us to understand uh, the the true role of money and where our identity lies. And the reality: our identity is not in money; it's in Christ. I think renewing your mind around these ideas really is critical and being on your guard about what uh, money can do. You remember when Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. And I think he puts these two ideas next to each other, because at least in my experience, if something is going to dethrone God from first position in your life, it's most often going to be money and the things that money can buy. It's one of the chief competitors to lordship. Hey, I want to send you a book as our gift to you. It's called Your Money Counts. It's by my good friend Howard Dayton. And I think as you begin to read through that and understand God's heart as it relates to our money, perhaps it will uh, help set you on the right track even more so than you are today. And if we can help along the way, Ethan, give us a call. God bless you, my friend. Stay on the line. We'll get your information and get that book right out to you. Sabo, thanks for calling. Go ahead.
0: Hello, thanks for taking my call, Rob. Sure. Um, so my situation is this, um, I have about 9,000, well, me and my wife, my wife have about $9,000 saved up um, emergency fund slash whatever fund. Uh, but we also have about the same in credit card debt and that's on these uh, no interest cards due over the next six to, six to 15 months. I'm trying to figure out if I should liquidate and pay them down or what what level to stay on and pay down, more down than I am right now. I'm making more than the minimum payment, but still struggling with the fact that I have this money. I could just pay it off and be
2: yeah. done with it. Yeah, it makes sense and I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Typically what I would say is if you have especially if you have a high interest credit card and I realize this is on a 0% for a period of time, although it's you know that's going to run out uh, at some point and then you're going to have to pay the play the balance transfer game which I don't like doing that plus there's usually a 2 or 3% charge on every balance you transfer. So I generally say, "Hey, let's have at least $1500 in emergency savings while we're paying off credit cards and then once we get out of credit card debt. Don't let that get eaten up in more lifestyle spending. Let's immediately take all that money we were sending the credit cards and go back to the emergency fund until it gets up to three to six months expenses. So if we were to apply that to your situation, we'd say, okay, let's have $1,500 in savings and let's add to that the $2,000 that you know you're likely going to have to spend. So let's go ahead and plan on that. So let's keep $3,500 in savings and then take the rest of it, which it sounds like at that point, you'd have about fifty. 5,500 left, and then let's just start knocking those off smallest to largest balance. Um, and that will give you some momentum where you'll see some of them completely paid off. That'll give you some encouragement. And then from that point forward, let's continue to attack the smallest balance with surplus every month until ultimately they're all paid off. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. Um, I was a follow-up question. Yeah. What do you recommend to have in your account as uh, you know, like a balance protector, like you know, to to avoid going into the red, or um, just as a buffer between you and life, like just like because I've heard different things, like keep 500, keep 100. I don't know yeah. like, what, what's a good number.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think it just depends on your cash flow situation. I mean, hopefully, ideally, you'd get to a place where you've got the whole month already in there before the month starts. So you're not living paycheck to paycheck, but you've actually, you're kind of a month ahead. So I like the idea of having a whole month's expenses in there. And then as those paychecks come in, you're just kind of replenishing that. But, you know, you've got it already there earmarked. Now, if things are tighter, obviously you can actually budget out of each check. And at that point, you're probably looking at, yeah, maybe somewhere between two and $500 just as a cushion, depending on how much, you know, is actually flowing through there every month. But I think ultimately the goal in checking is to have that month funded before it starts. And then, you know, you'd have another, you know, two to six months expenses in a separate savings account that really is for emergencies. Does that make sense? Awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. All right. Absolutely. Appreciate you thinking about us and calling today. God bless you, my friend. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. If you're not yet one of our financial partners, but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the Give button to sign up, and we'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you then. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.